Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for this day. We're thankful, Lord, that we are indeed free from our sins, Lord, because of you who laid down your life for us. So I pray now, Lord, that as we um, head into this Christmas season and think about the things that, uh, that kind of come to mind over the season and, and how we should treat one another and how we should live our lives, I pray, Lord, that you would inspire us through your word and help us to live a life that's glorifying you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So for the weeks leading into Christmas, we're going to be dealing with this concept of Christmas spirit. Now, if someone says to you, get into the Christmas spirit, they're basically saying around this time of year, generally there's like a sense of goodwill towards other people. So TV shows, movies, they all deal with this, right? In their programming, goodwill towards other people. Let's be nice, let's be kind, let's, uh, you know, have fun, but, you know, let's do good towards other people. And if you have a bad attitude this time of year, people either call you a Scrooge, right? Or a Grinch. And uh, in my opinion, it's really nice to think that even in our post-Christian culture, the human heart is still drawn to this idea of Christmas spirit. And I think it's safe to say that anything good, pure, and holy can be included in the Christmas spirit. But for our purposes, we're going to narrow it down to five topics. So the five weeks, including Christmas, um, including Christmas Eve, we're going to look at these five topics of Christmas spirit. So our first one is really what we celebrated this past week, and that is thankfulness. Thankfulness. For Americans, right, Thanksgiving, this is the, uh, you know, the time to be thankful, and it's the official kickoff of the Christmas season, right? So you might have got up this Thanksgiving morning, and turned on your television and watched the Thanksgiving Day Parade. It's not just Thanksgiving Day Parade, right? It's the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. So, and at the end of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, jolly old Saint Nick is riding on his sleigh, and that officially ushers in the Christmas season. And Macy says, our doors are open, come on in and empty your pockets and spread the Christmas cheer to your family and friends. But for the believer, there's much more, right? For the believer, there's much more because we need to start the Christmas season off with being thankful. We need to start the Christmas season off with being thankful. If we do not have an attitude of thankfulness, it'll be nearly impossible for us to pursue the other attitudes that we're going to deal with in the coming weeks. Now, thankfulness really starts in your mind. Most of you realize that thankfulness really starts in your mind. And Romans 8 teaches us how that works. And it really gives us a theological truth, basically like what we sang, how we're free from sin because of Christ. So we're going to look at Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. We're going to start with first. And it says this. There is, now, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from what the law of sin and death, from, from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. He condemns sin in the flesh. So what we're going to do here is we're going to see what's going on here. Okay. There we go. This starts off really with the gospel. This starts off with the gospel. We are all sinners, 
And sin enslaves us. And because of our sin, we actually deserve death. The scriptures teach us the wage of sin is death. Death is eternal separation from God. It's not just physical death. It's actually spiritual death, which is eternal separation from God. What Christ has done is he took our sin on himself and laid it down on the cross. He died on the cross to pay the price for our sins. And three days later, Christ rose from the grave to prove that he is God. And the scriptures say, all who believe will have eternal life. You see, if Christ does not pay for your sin, guess who pays for your sin? You do. There needs to be payment for sin. So then it goes on and says this, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So now what Paul is saying is, so you have been saved through Jesus. The righteous requirement of the law was met. Perfect sacrifice, Jesus. When you believe in him, now you are free. You are free from that because he paid for you. But now because of our salvation, we are free to walk according to the Holy Spirit rather than continuing to walk according to the flesh. Now, you and I both know, and Paul knows, and God knows, that we still will fall into those fleshly patterns, right? But now, we're actually freed up. We actually have the power of the Holy Spirit to walk in the Spirit. So now, he says this, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. So now as believers in Jesus, we have a choice. Live for the flesh and set our mind on fleshly things or live by the spirit and set our minds on the things of the Holy Spirit. Now, you and I, when, I, when we look at this, we say, well, I want, I want the spirit one, right? I want the spirit. I want to set my mind on that. Paul reminds us and gives us a result. If you set your mind on things of the flesh, it's really like setting your mind on things of death. Okay, it brings death. Now, it could be physical death, could be spiritual death if you're not a believer. But I think what Paul is saying here too is when we live our lives for the flesh, we kill other things, right? We kill relationships. We kill things in our lives, good and holy things that God has blessed us with. We kind of turn our back on. So it brings kind of like this death in some senses. But Paul then gives us the result of living by the Spirit, of living by the Spirit. He says we need to live by this Spirit and we can decide to live by the Spirit because then he goes on and says this, for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So now, if our mindset is on the flesh, we can't please God. We can't please God. If we only think of ourselves and what we want and we desire, we can't please God. In fact, some of you might remember in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus had his disciples together and he said, I'm going to have to go up to Jerusalem. They're going to deliver me up and crucify me. And the disciples were like, what? And Peter was like, not on my watch, Jesus. 
I got your back, Jesus. You remember what Jesus said to Peter? Turned to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on things of man. Now we see Jesus saying this to Peter. Your mindset, Peter, needs adjustment. You, you think you're going to stand in the way of what needs to happen? So Jesus says to him, get behind me, Satan. Could you imagine being Peter? What? Wait, where is Me? Right? Jesus, I got your back. And he's like, your mind needs adjustment, Peter. I have to go and do this because your salvation depends on it. But Peter was just thinking in his flesh. And many of you look and say, well, it wasn't that bad when Peter said, I got your back, Jesus, because like, it like, came from a good place. But he was thinking, like Jesus said, he was setting his mind on things of the flesh rather than things of the spirit. So now we come to this Christmas spirit thing. We come to this issue of thankfulness. We have to realize thankfulness is a mindset issue for us. Now, here's what happens. We're not thankful because we set our minds on the flesh rather than the spirit. Or in other words, we think about ourselves rather than thinking about God and the things of God. And it becomes difficult to think about things and be thankful. So when things are not going well, or we're not comfortable, or we're not happy, or we're not content, or we're not satisfied, things don't go the way that we think we should, we feel we have nothing to be thankful for. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're like, everything is going wrong. You say things like, when it rains, it pours. Oh my gosh, I can't believe everything is going wrong. Our mind is on the flesh rather than the spirit. So the question is, how do we change our mind? How do we have a mindset of the spirit rather than of the flesh? Well, thankfully, God gave us scriptures to instruct us and to guide us. So the first thing that we have to remember is this. We remember God is good. Psalm 106.1, praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. In case you forgot, in Psalm 107, verse 1, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. I know this is cliche to say God is good, but he really is. He really is, right? Then sings my soul, how great thou art. We're singing to God about his goodness, about his greatness. I and you can be thankful that the God I serve is a good God. The God I worship is a good God. In his word, he tells me this. And you know what? When I look at his word, anything he tells me to do, I know that it comes from a good place because there is no bad, there is no sin in him. He is good, so he wants good for me. He desires good for me. So when I look at his word and he says, do this or do that, don't do this and don't do that, I can't say, why, you don't want me to have fun? I say, okay, this must be what I'm supposed to do. You are a good God. In these verses, we actually find our second truth and thing we need to remember to be thankful, and that is this. His love endures forever. His love endures forever. God's love truly does endure forever, doesn't it? God's love is different from the love that we possess, right? God's love is not based upon what we do. 
His love is what we call unconditional love. And some of you might be like, I have unconditional love. Like parents out there, I have unconditional love for my kid. That might be true, okay? But there can be some conditions sometimes in the human heart, right? When your kid does something or says something, or maybe you're sitting here and you have a cutoff relationship with one of your kids. What happened to that conditional love? What well, was based upon the condition about what they did? Well, the good news for you and I about God's love is it endures forever. There's no condition based on it. Once you're in Christ, there's nothing a person can do that will ever cause God to love us less. The unconditional love of God endures forever. This kind of bleeds into something we call eternal security. Some people will ask me, oh, what if somebody's a Christian, but then they're not a Christian? Did they lose their salvation? And if somebody asks me that question, I say, well, the first thing is, I have to say, is did they really understand the grace of God? That's where we're going first, right? Did they really, are they really a believer? Were they really a believer? Did they really understand the grace of God? But if they did understand the grace of God and they are truly a believer, you cannot lose your salvation. It's called the doctrine of eternal security. Once you're saved, you're always saved. God seals your soul, seals you for the day of redemption. I can be thankful, no matter what's going on in my life, that God is good and his love is coming at me. It's enduring forever. The next thing, one of my personal favorites, is that we have a church. You can be thankful that we have a church. I hope you are thankful that we could stuff into this place and sing praises and hear God's word. I hope that you are thankful for that. Let's look and see what it says. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This verse summarizes what it's like to be part of a church, right? In unity, we come together. We are thankful together. We have a place to come and to learn, right? Not only here on Sunday mornings, but you're involved in Bible studies and different things like that, different programs. You're learning about God's word. You're sharpening. We talked about that a few weeks ago, about the friendship. We're sharpening one another in God's word. We have a place where we can come and worship, sing praises and serve God, right? We have this place where we can come together. And I know like, you know, during the whole like pandemic and stuff like that, we have this online church thing and, you know, we stream that. And for anybody who's a shut-in, this is a resource for you, right? But for those people that are not shut-ins, that just like to stay home, okay, it's not the same, right? It's not the same than, than being in this place, worshiping together. You know, one of the things when we had that time where we weren't, the, the worship part was so tough for me, right? I'm standing in front of my TV, like, okay, I hear myself too loud. Okay, this is not good. It's just, it's just not the way God designed it. It's a good resource, but it's not the way God designed it. In fact, if any believers, and I know there are many, are anti-church, you know what they are? They're misled believers. You realize that? 
There's believers out there that are, I don't need a church, or churches have so many problems. Listen, we're all sinners, right? We all realize that there's no perfect church. We all realize that we're all broken, and that's why we're here together, to focus on Jesus, because he's not broken. So any believers, that, if you know believers that are like, oh, I'm anti-church, I can't go to church, you know what? They're selfish, and they're misled, because they think they know better than God, okay? That's basically what they do. They think they know better than God. Their mind is set on the flesh. Now, we can be thankful that we have a church. Next, when it comes to being thankful, we need to remember what he has done and tell others, okay? Remember what God has done and tell others. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. We all have things in our lives that God has done and we can be thankful for, right? Think about your life. I know that it's tough when things are going wrong to think about the things that are going right, but you need to celebrate those things. I know that your prayer life is way better when things are going wrong. Please God, please God, please God, right? What about when things are going right? Thank you, God, thank you, God, thank you, God. Have you ever prayed so hard for something? You're like, please, God, please, God, please, God, and it happens, and you're like, yep, and you forget to say thank you, God, right? Like those 10 lepers that were healed and only one came back, right? We teach that to our little kids in the Sunday school, right? The one came back, and Jesus was like, where's the other nine? They're like, yep, that's right, but the one came back and said thank you. So we need to celebrate those things. Tell others, not in a bragging way, tell others about the things that God has done. Remember those things in your life that you thought were impossible and God made them possible. Remember those things. Keep those things in the forefront of your mind and tell those things to your children and your grandchildren. Let those stories kind of resonate. And you know what? Some of you are sitting here and like, I can't really think of many things or anything that I could be thankful for. Well, here's my answer to you. Be thankful for that right there, the cross. We all can be thankful for the cross. So we look, what has God done? And I'm going to tell others. How can I keep from singing your praises, telling other people, about what the Lord has done. The next one is a tough one, though. Our thankfulness is not based on circumstances. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, this is a huge one for us, right? When we set our minds on the flesh and things go wrong, we complain, we get upset, we get discouraged. We don't thank God, and in some cases, we get mad at him. I don't like how things are going, God. This circumstance thing, it'd be so much easier for me to be thankful if things were going well, right? But what Paul says is all circumstances. Do you remember we studied the book of Acts? It was a few weeks. Remember that? Okay. Do you remember Paul's life through the book of Acts? Was it easy or hard? Very difficult. This is Paul saying, in all circumstances, be thankful. We're instructed to be thankful in all circumstances. And guess what? This is the will of God for you. Some of you might say, oh, what's the will of God for me? Pastor Mike, I'm struggling for the will of God in my life. Well, here you go. 
Be thankful in all circumstances. Look at your life. And you know, there's some people that they do this better than others. I was talking to two older gentlemen and, um, you know, he was, they were asking me about like my kids and my stage of life. And I was telling them like about our kids and like they're, they're like launching into adulthood and stuff. And the one guy was like, I don't know these days, how are kids going to make it? Right. That's exactly what he was like. The other guy was like, you know what? In World War One, people said, how are these kids going to make it? In World War II, people said, how are these kids going to make it? In Vietnam, they said, how are these kids going to make it? He's like, guess what? They all made it, right? They all, and I'm like, that's the guy I want to hang out with because he's positive. His mindset is thinking, you know what? I'm not going to look at the negative. How is this? I'm going to look at the positive. So for you and I, as believers, can you imagine if we're just all negative all the time? And some of you are like, I can't imagine that. <laughs> we need to be thankful to God in all circumstances. That's the will of God for you and I. Why? Because God knows if we're not thankful, we're miserable. That's the truth. If we're not thankful, we are miserable. This is why the holiday season sometimes is very difficult for people because you have miserable people in your family and you don't want to be around them because their misery kind of starts to really impact the fun, the excitement, the love, the thankfulness that you can have. Now, if things are not going well, how can I be thankful though? Well, my answer is look at what we already learned. Look at the character of God. Look at how good he is. Look at his love enduring towards you just for starters. We have things that will never change about God so we can be thankful. But if for some reason, the circumstances are very crushing because I know, and I don't want to belittle any of your circumstances. And I know many of you have been through very difficult things or are maybe even going through difficult things. And you're just like, this is hard because my flesh tells me not to be thankful because I'm crushed by this. Well, the next thing that we can be thankful for, we need to remember is that we can go to God in prayer. Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. You know, one of the things, the main things that could stand in the way of being thankful are anxious thoughts, right? Some of you might struggle with anxiety. It's something that many people do struggle with. And the problem that happens is this. The anxious thoughts stand in the way of the thankful thoughts because we worry, we obsess. You know, some of you, you wake up in the morning, you're thinking, what if, what if, what if, what if? What if? And, and your whole day is worried about things and anxious about things that may never happen. Or even if they do happen, you can kind of confront those things when they actually happen. So when you're anxious, what, do you, what, what should you do? You need to pray. One of the ways that we deal with our anxiety is pray to God. And when we do that, we're thanking him for the list of things we just learned about. Right? That's why it's so important to be in God's word. Because you learn more about God. There's more to be thankful the more that you learn. Then you start to look at your life and God's hands and fingerprints on all those things. And you're like, you know what? This is good. God is good. 
He does love me. There's much to be thankful for. He's placed me in this place now that I can be thankful for what he's done or for what has taken place in my life. But you know what? As I was planning this, as I was praying about it, as I was studying, I was like, some of you might not be convinced. Some of you might not be convinced. You can't shake the fleshly mindset. Your mind is your biggest enemy because you're just stuck there. And no matter what you do, you just can't take the weight off. You're asking God and it doesn't seem to work. Some of you have prayed for things. You know, some people pray for things like twice. I, I tried that, didn't work, okay? Some people pray for things for decades and they see God work, right? But you might feel the weight of what is going on and it's so hard to be thankful. Well, if you're... If you're low, if you're in that point, I mean, this is for everybody, but especially the person who just can't seem to rise up above it, here's what you need to do. You need to remember, this world is not my home. This world is, and this sounds so bizarre, but let me read this passage first. It says, therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. It's like, Present tense. We've already, like, you and I have already received the first part of heaven. That's that we're going there because we trust in Christ. But then it says, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. So he's saying, because of this, we worship. We're thankful. We're here. You know, the outside world comes and looks at us and say, okay, there's a bunch of people singing a song about blood and Jesus, okay? It's kind of weird. Why are they doing this? We're doing this because we're thankful for what he's done for us. God has us here in this time, in this place for a reason and purpose. And many of those things that happen, shift our mindset to the flesh. But God keeps on saying, no, bring it back. This world is not your home. This world is not your home. You know, the best way I can kind of describe this, I guess, when, when this attitude of looking towards heaven. You know when you're going to go on a vacation? Like, I'm like the type of person, I love to plan the vacation. I love to look forward to the vacation. And the week leading up to vacation, I'm like, hot dog, I'm going on vacation. Nothing's going to get me down. All I got to do is this, this, and this, and then I'm done. I am going on vacation. Coworkers and stuff like that, you know, you might be, you might feel the same way and your coworkers are like, oh, you're not going to be here next week. And you're like, darn right, I'm not going to be here because I'm going on vacation. Oh, that broke in the house? Doesn't matter. I'm going on vacation. I'll get to it when I get back. Think about that. So you're going on vacation. This is not my final destination. My final destination is in heaven. Imagine if we lived our life like, I'm going to heaven. It doesn't really matter if this broke or that happened. I'm so thankful I'm going to heaven. I don't know when the plane's leaving, but I'm going someday, okay? So I'm going to live my life in view of that. This world is not my home. When I end up there, I'm going to be in paradise with Jesus and all the other saints. But until that time, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to tell other people how they can get there. I'm going to tell other people about the love that our Savior has for us. What better thing to focus in on at Christmas time, right? The love that Jesus has given us. 
You know, like four years ago, we, we decided to start doing this light show. One of the things I love about that front light show is it's just such a reminder of the light of Christ. When we drive past, people come in, whatever it is, it's just, it's, ah, oh, yeah, that's right. It's about Jesus. It's about who he is. You know, that new city that we're going to live in, Jesus is in charge. There'll be no more sin, shame, guilt, or pain. There'll be no reason not to be thankful because things will be perfect. No one can change that. Do you know what the book of James says about this life? It says it's a mist in comparisons of eternity. I know some of us feel like it's very long, you know, but it's a mist in comparison to where we will spend eternity. So until we leave this life, will tell others how they can receive the promise of eternal life. And this Christmas will spread that Christmas spirit of thankfulness to bring glory to Jesus. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for this day. I'm thankful, Lord, that this world is not our home. But while we're here, we can be thankful. For you, the loving, good, never-changing God that loved us so. I pray, Lord, for anyone here that's really struggling right now with something they're going through, anyone that's struggling to be thankful. The days ahead seem dark, but they're not. Because you are the light who gives light to us. So I pray, Lord, that you would help them in their minds, in their hearts, to set their minds on things of your spirit and not be drawn down by the things of the flesh. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.